And they're like, it's like a radio show, but on the internet. And then I was like, that sounds fucking gay. Check it out, bro. I still had this fire blast. You were dead, even if that shock didn't last. And I could have made a copy with this ring cast. And if you countered it, I had red elemental blast. Okay, I get it. Can we move on, please? You got a case of that still had all these. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Redcast Wins. And this time we have a surprise guest host. I know we're only three cast-ins and we're desperate to get a guest host. This time we have Jay Boosh from the A-Team. What's up, bitches? <laughs> and with me, as always, is my co-pilot, uh, Lewis. What up? You're lucky I didn't call you my sidekick. You could be my Robin. Um... <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the one that lives and turns into Nighthawk, if any of them. Just saying. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going down. <laughs> you can be you can be my Stoneforge Mystic to my Jace. Whoa. Ooh. I don't know which one of those is better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you could say that. I don't think you could call Stoneforge Mystic the uh, the Batman of that duo. I don't know, like, I think that it's probably more degenerate now than Jace is, although Jace I, I, is more degenerate over time. You know, I do think that Stoneforge Mystic is more of the Batman because, like, it pulls gadgets out of your deck. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be an awesome cast. I just see it happening. Battlestool <laughs> kind of looks like a Batmobile for magic, I'm just saying. <laughs> Alright, um, so this past weekend, uh, like, uh, KYT from, from the A team also, I went to, uh, GP Providence and also scrubbed out phenomenally with Elves. At least KYT was playing a real deck. Yeah. Um, How was that for you? How was scrubbing out? Um, it wasn't as disappointing as, uh, like, when I scrubbed out, the PTQs were extended. Uh, for Nagoya, I would get super pissed at, like, how bad I was doing, but for some reason, playing at a GP and, like, getting the experience of playing against other, like, legacy players kind of made me feel less bad about scrubbing out. I don't know why. Because they were all, like, game three losses. I never, like, lost to someone 2-0 in, like, the first 20 minutes of the round. Also, I, I hear you did something in particular in the side events. <sighs> do you want? All right, so here, here's how we could do it. I could either tell you how awful I did round for round, or I could tell you about what I did in the side event, which Lewis apparently wants to get to, so that he can make me look like a terrible person. <laughs> well, you were playing L, so we already know you did extremely awful. So we can just skip that. All right. So the. <laughs> So one of the side events uh, was four-man commander pods, um, where for each person you killed, you got two packs of new Phyrexia, which a lot of people thought, uh, a, a lot of players who signed up for these thought it was for each person you survived, so as long as, like, you lived, you got two packs. Didn't work that way. So me and, three, me and two other people from my uh, local store who had gone to the GP decided that uh, we should go into one of these pods and pretend we don't know each other, and then we'll just eliminate the fourth man, and then, like, allow our board states to get degenerate so that different people, so that one guy would just win, and then we would split the packs afterwards. And it would have 
it would have not turned out to be the massacre it was if he did not decide to play Scion the Ur-Dragon uh, as his uh, general so that he'd kill one of us as quickly as possible and almost killed me on, like, turn four. So we ended up just pretty much bending him over and uh, kicking him out of the pod. But Lewis, <laughs> but Lewis thinks that this makes me a, a bad person. Like I, like, I can't imagine that there's a huge amount of, like, rules to being a douchebag in, like, EDH, but that <laughs> seems like it, it, it pretty much breaks any s- form of, like, social contract. Yeah, I think, like, I've we've all thought about doing this, right? Like, the one thing that I've always wanted to do with, like, a group of four or more is enter, like, one of those eight-man win-a-box draft pods at a GP, and then, uh, or even, like, if there's eight of us, like, like normally at a GP, you can find, like, you can get a big group of people, just mainly people making road trips and stuff, and, like, mm-hmm. get eight of us to enter a draft pod, and then everybody just concedes, and then we split the box, or, or you know, draft the box at home, and then we've effectively gotten, like, so many more X amount of packs, right? And we don't have to draft in, like, a like a gross GP sweaty hall. But, I mean, I think... <laughs> I think, like, doing that, like, to somebody else without their knowledge and without offering them, like, a consolation prize, like, hey, sorry we raped you, here's your rape justice. I think that's pretty bad. (laughs) You know, like, I I don't know if I'd be happy with that, especially in EDH, because EDH is such a degenerate format, like, just, like, every... Everybody who can be a douchebag hides an EDH. <laughs> you know. <laughs> to like, be honest, like the original plan wasn't to knock the person out by like turn six. Like we were gonna play like a normal EDH game. <laughs> like the original plan, because we were done quicker than the other two pods next to us. What what originally was supposed to happen was that it was supposed to be like a normal long EDH game. But we were gonna look out for each other. Yeah. And then we're... he his deck went super degenerate and like swing like his side of the Ur Dragon swing at me for like for like forty five. Wow. Thanks to like Berserk and yeah. a few other cards that he like played. And we were just like, shit, uh what do we do? What do we do? So what you're saying is like, it's like when hookers get raped, they deserved it because they dress that way. <laughs> so this this scion douchebag definitely deserved to get gang gang raped out of prizing. <laughs> nice. I guess like you only really have like when you're talking about morals, like you really only have to be slightly better than the guy that you fuck over because. <laughs> Like, then you're the good guy still, right? <laughs> Alright, I think I'd rather... I think we need Sean on here so that I don't get picked on as much. You no, he, he join in just as well. Oh, God. Um, Shouldn't make it so easy. Hey, at least he doesn't know the time report story. You can tell it to me. Lewis <laughs> can tell it to you. Lewis's, Lewis's recounting of the time report story is better than mine because mine is the... Mine makes me seem better, and Lewis just boils it all down into pure douchebaggery. Have you told the story on the cast before? 
Yes, so Lewis, Lewis, All right, well, we can skip it then. You guys can tell me in private. Uh, it's, it's a great story. Um, <laughs> and by oh. great, it means Amanda, is a kind of a douche. Whatever. Which is, which is why we don't feel so bad for picking on him. Uh, I hate you both. Uh, but, J- but Jay Bush less, because it's Jay Bush. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jay, we'll, we'll turn this into a quick little interview. How did you get on, uh, the A team? Um, well, it's a funny story. I, uh, started tweeting, uh, one, about a year ago, and I just kind of, like, went around and, like, acted like I normally do, where I just, like, tweeted a bunch and made a bunch of friends really quickly, and, like, the the really cool thing about Twitter is, like, it's really a lot like the chat rooms of the 90s. I don't know if you guys, yeah. like draw that same conclusion, but I find, like, it's just, like, you feel this weird intimacy with people for no reason, and then there's also a bunch of trolls who just feel that they can just, like, completely be douchebags to you for no reason as well, and those are kind of, like, the two extremes. Like, there's no one that really, um, I guess Twitter also has a third archetype of the people that just kind of, like, tweet things like, I like my bed, and (laughs) it's raining, and they just tweet that garbage, like, all the time, and they tweet, like, 15 times a minute and they're like i'm going to the gym okay i'm home from the gym and now i'm gonna eat a pizza oh the pizza was good and now i'm gonna sit on the couch oh the couch is so comfy now i'm gonna watch the office oh the office is so funny (laughs) oh my god it's funny it's funny oh man okay the office is over now i'm gonna like and it's just like shut the fuck up but other than that like you have the the two extremes and because i was fairly i guess funny and and uh and just kind of known somewhat to the Twitter community more so than anywhere else. Uh, KYT actually was starting his podcast and he said, I don't remember the exact quote, but I think he said, I don't care who else is on my podcast except for that Jay Bush needs to be on the podcast. He's my number one bitch. <laughs> and I didn't even know who this was. I was like, what are we talking about? What's a podcast? And they're like, it's like a radio show, but on the internet. And then I was like, that sounds fucking gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then, and then we kind of just started it that way. And then, um, like again, with the weird chat room closeness to people, we all just hit it off really well. And, uh, I mean, KYT, Scotty and Jesse are pretty much the closest friends right now that I have. And we live hours and hours and hours apart from each other. Um, Smitty's never even met Scotty and KYT, but I know he feels the same. Uh, I just recently met Scotty and KYT for the first time after being, you know, close friends with them for a year, which is, which feels weird to say, right? How many close friends do you have that you've never met, right? It's kind of odd. So, um, yeah. And then I guess like it, the rest is just kind of documented history. We just kind of took off, and uh, and I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, there, I don't really remember podcasts being as popular as they were before the A Team. I'm certainly not going to take credit for that, but <laughs> I think it's really awesome that since the A Team's been around, I've also been able to witness a lot of other uh, podcasts like this one, and uh, you know, Untapped Cast, and all those like become. Uh, something that's popular as well. I think it's a really good resource for the community. It's and it's fucking fun. Oh, these so. are these are a lot of fun to do, especially when uh, you don't have a million and one technical difficulties. 
while ca- while recording. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I tried to do a podcast about something. It's called like Gods of Geeks or something today with Tangent, who I guess does like thirty eight podcasts a week. Apparently. Yeah, but I tried to do a podcast with him today and this guy called uh, T Rack, and uh, and I was just too awesome for the recording software and it just wouldn't work, so we had to postpone it. But. <laughs> Yeah, definitely more fun when it works. <laughs> so, so you were supposedly doing content for somebody's site. I forget if was it for sixty cards that you, just uh, you never like, that you, you never gave like, them anything. Yeah, like uh, you mean like the the article that I'm supposed to write? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. Um, I was, we did a bet for GP Portland that, uh, I think it was me and KYT would do better than Scotty. Me and KYT would do better than Scotty and Jesse did, uh, at the respective GPs of GP, um, Portland and GP Toronto. And if we, and then whoever lost had to, like, write an art. I think if me and KYT lost, we had to write an article for Smitty. And if, if him and Scotty lost, they had to do something else ridiculous, like kiss or something. And, um, and of course, like me and KYT lost because we're the worst. And so, like, we're supposed to write this article for Jesse's site, but like, my big problem with writing articles is I either think of an article to write, and somebody else writes it like that week as well, and then I'm like, oh, okay. Or I I think of an article to write, and it's like the entire article's answer is like yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, I think I'm gonna write an article about like whether or not Stoneforge Mystic is really good, and this is in like Scars Block with Swords coming out, right? And I'm like, if you could put that in in blue white, and then you write an entire article, and then you reread it when you're editing it, and you realize that the entire article's answer is just like, if you're not a bad player, the answer is yes. The way to get sword of body and mind is the nut. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just delete these 3,500 words. Like, <laughs> I have the same problem, too, sometimes when I'm, like, trying to write articles for Redcast for Red Site Wins, where I'll start with, like, a concept, like, um, how, what, what's a really strong tribe, what's a really strong tribe for a tribal deck? And it's, like, I'll start writing about, like, blanket tribes, and I'll just get caught up writing about merfolk, goblins, and elves. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's like saying time. everything that everyone already knows about these three decks. It's like crap. Yeah, exactly. And like that's a big reason that I don't really I don't read a whole lot of magic articles because like I find them like extremely boring because I'm either like like and I'll admit it, I'm either not next level enough to understand what they're talking about or I am reading it and they're like yeah Exarch Twin is really good and then you're like oh really yep it is. What else? And they're like, <laughs> and you're like, nah. You're just gonna tell me about how good Exarch Twin is, and I already know that it's good. And then you read it, and you're like, yep, it's it's pretty good. I I think still <laughs> like <laughs> I don't I don't know what I'm reading here, or like you know. And then like I I really I'm really critical um, of people, and I really hate it when I'm reading an article and it's awful also. <laughs> And I just like I'm just like no I'm turning this off. I do that with the the magic videos too. Um, like I can't. I love Lewis Scott Vargas. Uh, I think he's an amazing player, and I really learned a lot watching his draft videos when I was first starting drafting. I don't know why I've stopped lately, but um, but I can't handle it with sound. I can't stand like <laughs> his puns 
Like I just, I just can't. Handle that. I can't fucking handle that at all. So I just can't read his shit. Just, nope, nope, boop, nope, nope. <laughs> Somebody, oh, did you see the new Louis Scott Vargas uh, something? No, I didn't. Just tell me what he says without all the stupid jokes. Oh, he said this card's really good in draft. Okay, cool. I'm gonna try that. Bye. Like that's it. <laughs> I, I don't think Lewis. I don't think we could ever have someone on here without them bashing another another magic celebrity. Th- this is just like the biggest like turf war ever between like <laughs> magic players. Like everyone who comes on here is like, I got I got something against this guy. Yeah, we had we 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 in our in our in our podcast that uh that we have to re-record uh that we have to re-record. We had Robert Martin from uh Mana Screwed and yeah. Meta Magic. And he just starts, like, I mentioned how I saw KYT and how, like, he also wasn't doing well at GP Providence. And Robert just starts ripping into KYT about, like, how did you expect him to do well? And how, like, he feels bad for Canadian Magic if KYT is, like, one of the top players. And he's, like, the worst. Although it does kind of make sense if there's like a store up here that bans control decks. Can't, can't say too much about Canadian magic. I really have to find that store. Apparently, you guys are saying it's in Kamloops? Yeah, like, I, and I don't I, know. My I, go there like, I go there like three or four times a year, and I have yet to go there. I'm fucking going there for sure. Well, like, I figure if you had been there, they wouldn't have Sword of Fire and Ice for $15 anymore. Not anymore. That's for damn sure. <laughs> They have spell skites for like five bucks still and stuff. It's like crazy. Well, they can't be. They can't be that dumb of a store because if you don't, like, if you don't know anything about control, then you would never think to put spell skite in a deck. Yeah, that's true. There's there used to be a store like this in Calgary, uh, where like when when Stoneforge went up, like they they basically. Uh, they were like a hobby store that dabbled in magic. Mm-hmm. And, um, so like people would go in there and you'd, you'd find like Stoneforge Mystics for like $2 <laughs> you know, when they were like 15. And you'd find like, like they knew Jace was expensive, but like other than that, like you could pretty much find anything for like just dirt cheap. It was amazing for like EDH staples too, because it was things, yeah, like stone, like sort of fire and ice for eight bucks and like, <laughs> like just things like just crazy things like that. So, um, that was really fun until somebody told them that they should start checking their prices more often <laughs> after. And then again, like this is, this goes back to Amanda's story about how you only have to be morally righteous more so than the last guy. So this guy goes into the store, a friend of mine, I'm not going to name him, but he goes into the store and he fucking liquidates them. Like he buys everything that's worth any money. Uh, like things even that are worth only $4 because he's buying them for like a dollar or 50 cents. Like he just liquidates their entire store because he's going to go and turn it over to another store and make a bunch of money, right? And he buys their entire stock. And then after he has paid and is walking out the door, he's like, by the way, Stoneforge Mystic is like a $20 card now. And I you have them for $4. So you should probably just like check your prices more often. And now when you go there, they're the kind of store that you take a card out of the binder and they check it on the internet before they fucking run it through the till. <laughs> like two extremes. And I was just like, man, like you had to, you had to 
A, steal from everybody else, and then B, you had to just ruin it for the rest of us? You just had to straight up stop us from also mining this gold pit? And he's like, yep, what are you going to do? You should have thought of it before me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would never do anything that bad because... That would I would be as bad as the person who pretty much stole Force of Wills from me. No, it's also because because you're too poor. We're both too poor <laughs> yeah, to do something. This is true. That, yeah. that, that, that's also partially true. But on top of that, I wouldn't do it because that would remind me of the asshole that stole that practically stole uh, Force of Wills from me. So yeah, and then that's something that like I hate about the magic community. It's like there's only there's only two types of like traders there's the kind that either don't know anything about anything and they're going for like the value trades in terms of like i i think this trade is fair like i would trade my i'll trade my survival of the fittest for like a phyrexian obliterator well that's actually pretty close to value but for like (laughs) i don't know for like a spell skite because i'm going to use spell skite more than this bad old card and i don't play old formats or there's the people that are like Oh, I think this trade works well for us. I don't care about value, but generally they're like ripping you off. And yeah. then there's the people that like will trade down to the cent. Like I know guys that'll be like, this card's 99 cents online and the card you want is a dollar 49 online. So I'm going to try to find something that's worth 50 cents. Oh, yeah. we have, we have a guy we call, uh, we call Grimelstein, uh, and he, he will try and convince you that like these that like any card is garbage or worthless if he needs it for like cuz he he's trying to get a store started so like you can kind of understand why he's like kind of sharking people yeah but like sometimes his logic like we we have this running joke in my joke in our play group where he'll be like he'll come up to you and he'll be like ah oh, the stoneforge mystic he's like uh you know it's worth 25 but like i'm not going to trade it for 25 because then i get no value out of it so why don't we trade it for like uh like ten dollars? Yeah. Fuck. And then and then he'll be like, but then again he's like, but your your card has a little bit of binder bite and oh, like God, and I like fucking the, hate this, yeah. and then he's like, uh the corner's a little chipped. He's like, so we're gonna drop it down to like seven. He's like, sound good, sound good. Ugh, that's awful. What is what is <laughs> like I don't mind like when especially people that operate stores or are dealers, like I don't mind them obviously not trading for full value, that's fine. And like Speaking of full value, something that really pisses me off a lot is when, like, friends or just regular people will trade on full value. I don't understand that logic, and it's really difficult to explain to someone. But, like, let's say that me and Amanda are in a trade, and you have a Phyrexian Obliterator, and I have, like, a Venser. So, on average, those are, what, like, 25 each right now? Yeah. Like, let's say, right? Let's, for argument's sake, even if they're not, because I don't want... You guys to get a bunch of comments that are like, noob, Vance is only $15, noob, uh, 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 tiny penis, uh. So let's, let's say that they're the same price. So let's say, to, like, somebody comes out with a really sweet deck and Obliterator goes up to like 30, right? And you go to me, you go, okay, I'll trade, like, I'm like, I'm interested in your Obliterator and you're interested in my Vencer. And so we go to trade and you're like, well, that's like a $5 difference. So, um, like, Obliterator is worth, like, 30, so I don't really want to trade out. Can we find something else? And then I go, well, is it possible for us to value your Obliterator at, like, 27-ish or 25 or find a card for a throw-in and, like, you can value my card a little bit less? Because, really, like, why am I paying you $30 for when I could buy it for $30? Like, what? I don't understand what the difference is. Why well, no. would I buy it from you? Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like we we have that. that policy in my play group at least. I don't know about Lewis where if it's as long as you're it depends because we have we have two people we have two set we have two camps in our trade group. We have the casual players who like we trade kind of quasi value with, but the, those of us who actually go to like PTQs and GPs and things like that, we we actually just get, we just throw cards to each other. Yeah, because yeah. like I play Jumanji, and one of my friends plays uh, is currently playing Mono Red Goblins. Right. And like if I have a card for Goblins, like I'll just toss it to him. Yeah, of course. And yeah. It, even if it's like a six seven dollar card, and he recently tossed me like two Fauna Shamans. Yeah, and like he probably lost maybe like five six dollars on that trade. Yeah, but he knows that I'm playing Jumanji and I need Fauna Shamans, and he needs the Goblin Chieftain to finish his his Goblin deck. So like, yeah, it, it worked out. I don't understand. Well, and, the, and that's the thing is like, I can understand like when I'm trading with somebody I have no like I don't know who they are or I'm in a different city, or I'm at a GP or something, I can understand, like, trading as close to value as possible as long as both parties are happy. But I have, like, when you go to someone and you see something in their binder that's collecting dust, and then you're like, well, and they're like, I want your Venser. And you're like, okay, well, there's not really anything I'm looking for. Like, I'm kind of interested in these bad, shitty EDH foils. And then you, like... You're like, okay, well, let's trade some of these. And they, like, pull out their iPhone and go to Star City <laughs> Games. And they're like, well, Steel Hellkite is 99 cents. And the card you want is 97 cents. So I'm going to try to find, like, a common. Do you have any commons, like, to throw in? And, like, what? What the fuck is your problem? Like, you want to trade, like, my dollar fifty card for your dollar card, and that's not good enough for you? Like, there's a $0.50 cent you know, difference, and somehow you feel the need to get it as close as possible. Like, why does that really matter? And, like, at that point, I just walk away. I'm just like, look, I don't have the time or effort or energy to, like, try to stop myself from just choking you out when you're trying to tell me that, like, you know, three preordains is not worth one foil steel hellkite or something. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just bonkers. This is, like, I don't believe it. And, like, I have a friend who's so sick of people, um who's so sick of people just, like, pulling his his leg for trades. Because it's another thing. It's like it wastes a lot of time, right? Like, I, I have a trade binder, but really it's just my rares organized into an easy way for me to find them because I really don't ever trade because it's so annoying. So he what he does is he has a page at the front of his trade binder with a single waste, like a perfect near-mint wasteland in it. And... When people open his binder, he they obviously are like, "Ooh, wasteland, cool!" Like, uh, he asks them if they're interested. If they say yes, he's like, "I don't really know what it's worth. Do you know what it's worth?" And if they say anything less than seventy-five, he closes his binder and walks away. That's a good policy. <laughs> he like, just cl- he's just like, "Nope, I'm not putting up with your shit." No, that. Uh, down when I was at national qualifiers, like somebody started trying to ask me, like, "Oh, what do you what do you value this at? What do you value this at?" And it's like looking at my legacy cards, like sort, a sort of fire and ice and and uh, scrubland and stuff. And like, um, I'm like, okay, you know what? It's about this price. Oh, forcible. Like there was like a forcible and stuff. And he's trying yeah. to like see if I, if I'm undervaluing things. So I, I just start throwing some crazy like numbers at him. Like yeah. oh, forcible is forty. This is like when it spiked up to the seventy eighty range. Like yeah, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. put it at forty. And like I could see him like yeah yeah. So then drooling. He, <laughs> so, so like he's like oh. and so when he like he starts 
pulling out his stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that dark confidant, it's like $2. It's not even played and extended anymore. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's like I started messing with his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, wait, you put him on trading tilt? Yeah. <laughs> did, and I, did I trade him? <laughs> and, like, immediately, like, he's, like, confused, and some other guy's like, Hey, I'll I'll give you extra value for your force of will. Like he was actually gonna give me like seventy dollars worth of stuff, and yeah. so like the the guy's like, oh, I wanna I wanna get off. Like I wanna rip this guy off, and you could see the agony. He's like, I don't want to trade That's my dark outfit on a two, but I want the force of will at forty. I love I love doing that, and it's like it's like you like almost like you're almost daring them to like cross the line, right? You're like you're like, yeah, I'll trade this at forty if you give me those cards, but I only value them at like two dollars each. So you have to give me X of them. And they're like, Ooh, I don't know. And you're like, Well you're not really getting ripped off. Actually you're ripping me off. And I'm actually doing all of the ripping off myself. All you have to do is say yes. And these people are such scumbags that they still won't do it. They're still like trying to get extra value out of you, like so, Boosh, were you ever part of, like, a, a one-sided trade where you just got – you found out afterwards that you just got completely ripped off? Oh, man, I've been part of, like, so many of those. Because, again, like, I'm just so lazy. But, like, um, like my first one-sided trade was, like, Demonic Tutor uh, for, like, some fucking garbage card. Because, like, you don't need Demonic Tutor for to find a card in your deck because you're just going to draw it for free. So why would I pay mana for that? <laughs> well, I did it for like, like giant growth or something. And then I remember trading. I remember when I was like 15, I couldn't understand Necropotence, uh, which I think is when you're like 14 or 12. Oh, I think I was, yeah. I was like 12. When you're like t- 10 or 12, not understanding Necropotence, I think is forgivable. Yeah. I think that's totally acceptable. So I traded a ne- uh, Necropotence, like an original, like like you know whatever that is, fourth edition or something. I don't know. It was Black yeah. Border back in the day. But um, I traded like an original Necropotence. That would have been Ice Age, I think, for like two Scaled Worms and a like a Craw Worm because I played green. I mean, <laughs> Like crush you with well, my well, fatties, like. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, when you swing with the crawworm, you're taking away six of their draw steps. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? See, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. You're See, one just... crawworm, six cards. Like that's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Lewis, that's the same mentality of the of, of the forced to bow player. Please. <laughs> he he, yeah, he talked like... some sense. He got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like I've been part of those trades, like. Like, recently I traded a friend of mine for his Karn. I traded him two Ink Moth Nexuses and a Verdant Catacombs. And I think that that's probably pretty close value. But to be honest with you, I have no idea. Like, I know Karn was 50 and came down to, like, 35-ish. But I have no idea what Ink Moth Nexus is worth right now. And I think Verdant Catacombs is like 10 to 12 retail. Yeah. But, like I have, but I have no idea. So he could have been totally pulling my leg. And I was just like, you know what? I'm never going to use these Ink Moth Nexuses, probably. I have $400 in store credit at my local store. And I don't need four Verdant Catacombs that are going to rotate soon. I can probably survive on three. And if not, I can always just buy one or trade for one later. Um, but yeah, like I just, I so, I hate trading because of those stories. I hate, I hate getting ripped off and I hate being the guy that's always like, 
oh, don't rip me off. And then, cause then everybody's just like, oh man, what a sucker this guy is. He doesn't even have an iPhone. Check prices. <laughs> we, we've actually at my store, we've kind of tried to unify ourselves in preventing bad, bad trades. Cause it's the summer now. So we're, we're right next to the, to like the local high school. So we do get like a lot of kids. Right. Coming in for FNM. And like the first thing we try to do is like, check to see if any of, like, the really, like, shark-like traders are in. And yeah. And then, like, we hope that, like, we're always hoping that, like, because we have people who come in just to play ED8, so then we have the sharks who come in just to trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we like always... Like the Medinas. <laughs> I just say Medina. that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is this sounds like where Medina would come in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the guy. He's a bro, right? I mean, but he, he's, and he's also he, not a bad. He's also not a like from what I've heard. He's not a he's not a shark where he no he's trick you into trading four counter spells for four force wells. <laughs> no, like he's he's not a he's not a like a bad shark. He definitely is a it's ruthless, like Jabajar. He like definitely is a ruthless trader though. Yeah. Like, like, he definitely will take you for everything you're worth if he can. He, I mean, he's not going to do it for free, but he's a businessman, right? And that's what yeah. business people do. That's how businesses operate. you got to have the lowest overhead possible. So, I mean, he, he's not even close to the worst trader I've ever seen. So this is not a slight for him, but definitely a joke at his expense. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we, we try very hard to prevent the uh, the the new kids from getting sharked out of their, like, Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. Where this one yeah. girl had a sort of Feast and Famine, and, like, these people, like, she's like, oh, I don't really play this card. Uh, I think I've heard it's pretty good, and, like, some people were trying to, like, trade it to her for, like, $10. Yeah. So, like, I walked over, and I, like, hand her my trade binders, and I'm like... You pick cards, and I'll tell you when to stop. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And she, like, originally she stopped at, like, $11 of card value, and I was like, please keep looking. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I'm like, trust me, it's 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 an expensive card. Like, I didn't want to tell her it was, like, a $25, $30 card. Yeah, yeah. I also wanted to try and, like, I wanted to give her close to that value, though, at the same time. Yeah. I think that's really important for the Magic community, like, I think I think the like the main thing right now I'm like I've kind of come around to this more since I've been a pseudo celebrity I guess in the community but I think the big thing is just that like we definitely need to be watching out for each other and and the especially the good people like the good magic players the good traders like not just necessarily the best players but the people that are worth their salt in the community like for people to when I go on Twitter and ask for uh, you know, if anybody has any cards, fully expecting to have to pay full retail and trade full retail value for them, and having people just give them to you for favors in the future, paying it forward, having people send me to Montreal, or not Montreal, uh, Toronto, <laughs> um, you know, like having people save me from bad trades, having people tell me, hey, by the way, in that game that you just played against me where you lost, you could have won by making this play this is how you draft, this is what EDH is, these are why these cards are good, without making fun of you and without taking advantage of you, I think that's huge for the Magic community. Like, absolutely huge. It's fine to make jokes and troll your friends and troll bad players, like, every once in a while. And, and, and I mean, if somebody's being a total douchebag and a troll, like, it, you can just do whatever you want to them. Uh, but I think, like, especially when new players are around, Encouraging them to continue playing and having fun is definitely the way that we're going to make our community better, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I actually got stared at at FNM uh, last week because, like, there's three kids, like, 
maybe they're in middle school. Like, I wouldn't even say they're in, like, eighth grade. Right. And they, like, they, they were playing stuff out of the deck builder's toolkit, like, if it was, like, the best thing ever. Yeah, and exactly. So I, I have a little box where, like, the standard commons and uncommons that see a lot of tournament play, just in case somebody's yeah. looking for them. And I went, here, each of you gets to pick ten cards. You just have them. You know, and like the kids are like, do we, do we like we have to split ten cards? I'm like, no, each of you gets ten cards, and people are like, yeah, like just like so confused at why I would just give away <laughs> cards. See, like, we've done that at our, we've done that before. There was a kid who actually became really good because we like helped him out. Like he was playing um like a mono green deck, and he was just getting wrecked week after week after week. And I wasn't really playing those weeks. I was playing like EDH in the back room, so I didn't know this was ha- like I didn't know that this kid was there. And I I was playing FNM once, and I looked through his deck, and I love playing green. I love playing dumb dinosaurs. And I just started going up to different people in the store, and I was like, "Hey, this kid needs, you know, Terra Stompers. Like he just needs like some good green creatures. I, he needs like maybe two Colony Hydras. He needs like uh, Colony Gardens." And like everybody was like going through their boxes. And handing him cards, and he was just like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "I just get cards for free," and we're like, "Well, are you having fun getting stomped on every week?" And he goes, "No," and we're like, "Do you think we have fun stomping on you?" And he's like, "Yes," and we're like, "No," <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, but but not quite. Yeah. It's, it's we're we're like I've told people on the cast before, and I told my friends this that like. Our store is semi-competitive. Like, we have the real metagame. Like, there's Taw Blade and there's all the yeah. decks there. It's not one of those F&Ms where, like, you see... Where you see Jank Bill. very yeah, often. Yeah. Jank. So, like, we have zero fun playing against kids who, like... You, you play against them round one and you're like, yay. I'm playing yeah. a kid whose deck isn't sleeved and has, like, an Elvis Archduet in the deck because it's a rare, but he has... And has, like, a hundred cards in it. Yeah. <laughs> So like, and like ten land because nothing costs over two, so he figures that's a good distribution. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> we had to deal with a thirty-year-old giving me that logic <laughs> in a like, card deck. Oh. Yeah, but it's just like I feel awful when I play against kids like this, and that's kind of the reasons why I kill my back, bringing most of my cards with me to the store in case we yeah. those little kids who like come in with just like my first deck and. Yeah, and it's all. And if, I, I remember at my first uh, FNM, like there was a guy who just like looked at my deck, told it me was awful, but then like bought me two precons of like Marcadia masks. Wow, to that's make fucking it awesome. Well, it was at a, it was at the we used to have a Wizards of the Coast store on the. Oh, rack. okay. And uh, he, 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 I don't know if he was like an employee. Like I don't ever remember seeing him at FNM ever again. But like I was a little kid, so like my memory of like adults is very shoddy. All adults look the same to you when you're like little. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, he, like he was like, all right. So what do you want to play? And I was like, I like playing green creatures. And so he bought me like a green deck. He bought me like two different precons that were like standard. Yeah. And then he was like, this is why you should play this card, and this is why you should play that card. And this is why you don't run eight lands in your deck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And like, I, yeah. So I'm like, now you, that. now you have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, like imagine, imagine like had you just continued on through your life, just getting raped and playing your eight land 4,800 card deck and like 
now and then like you know what I mean like and I I I definitely know lots of players like lots of players that I would consider bad players um and not like not as an insult they're just they just don't they're just not good players yet right yeah. um but I definitely know far 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 too many of them that won't play at certain venues in my like city and that won't go to tournaments and that won't go even to like pre-releases and they won't try drafting and you know they tried EDH once and then because it's like gotten so competitive they quit and like they just they just don't do anything and they quit magic or they or they you know never get out of the kitchen table but not for the right reasons for all the wrong reasons right yeah so I think that's really cool that you know, we all kind of have these cool stories. I mean, they all come with the bad stories that we have too, but I think the main thing is just like continue to just go forward and be just like good to other people. Like, you know, and that's my main thing is I always think when I see like a bad, like a new player or a bad player, like a kid, I always think about my life when I was like that. And then immediately I'm just like, I do the same thing. I'm just like, hey, you know what? Like you have one Terastodon in your deck. And your deck seems to like basically ramp into him, but when you can't find him, it's really bad. So like, here's two more. Like, just have them. Whatever. You're having fun playing what you want. Continue doing that, and I'm gonna try to help you have fun because I want you in five years to still be playing Magic, right? Yeah. Well, wow. Um. So I've like I have a quick question. Were you shocked when you got more than enough money to go to what was it, Toronto? Yeah, Toronto, yeah. No, absolutely blown. I was surprised that I even got any money to go. <laughs> I, was, I was just blown away. I thought that I would maybe make enough money to pay for, like, like what I was preparing for was that I would maybe make enough money to, like, pay for, like, half my ticket, and then I could kind of justify spending that much money to go there. And Scotty was a really, really good bro and, like, let me stay with him for free, um, and, you know, I mean, like, me and, and, uh, and him got really close while we were there, so, like, that was really great, and so I kind of valued it there as well. I had, I didn't expect to get even close to as much money as we made, and, um, I think, like, the big thing is just, like, there were so many people that I'd never spoken to, and never heard of, and you know, had no intention of ever meeting or talking to, because, like, you know, like, how do you ever talk to the... Like, you can't talk to everybody in the world. Yeah. And just just giving me money. Just, <laughs> like, just like, like, and, you know, the thing is, like, the other, the other day, I got an email saying that I got 20 bucks to go to Toronto. Like, somebody, I mean, obviously missed the boat there. Yeah. Because that was a little while ago. And, but and his defense... It, on 60 cards, the help the bush is still at the top. Yeah, yeah it's on well, the, yeah. Still one of the top art. It's still one of the, the featured articles. Since I'm still unemployed, we might never take that down until. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I obviously, like, I didn't accept the money and I, I we emailed back and, and didn't accept it. But the thing, like, I was just still blown away that this, it wasn't somebody that I knew. It wasn't somebody that I'd even heard of, like, on Twitter or an article or anything. Like, it was just, just, these are just random people that play magic that appreciate uh what me and the A team are doing and decided to help somebody who was da- like who couldn't do what they wanted to, right? And I thought that was just fucking amazing. 
Like, I think that's just so cool. Like, and, and so that's kind of become my whole outlook on magic right now is just to focus on bettering, you know, the community that, that way because everybody else showed me that, uh, outpouring as well, right? So, but I was absolutely just blown away. Like, I couldn't imagine making even, even 500 bucks. I couldn't imagine. And like, when the donations just continued rolling in and then the prize support that people started giving without even solicitation, like just, you know, hey, I want people to, like, I want to reward people for helping you, and I also want to make it a little bit more enticing, so I'm going to throw in a foil X or a foil Y or, you know, all those people that helped out in any way they could. That was just amazing, so. John, an hour with, uh, with John Medina for a trading session. Yeah. Was, yeah like, so many people yeah. wanted that one. <laughs> yeah, that was so cool. I mean, like, I think Luke Sonia won it, uh, and I I didn't ever get to... Uh, I didn't ever get to talk to him about that, but I wondered how that went. But I imagine that it was probably pretty. That's like a priceless investment, almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm glad I was able to help you because, like, the stories that came from your trip were f- pretty hilarious. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. And meeting, like, meeting KYT and meeting Scotty, and, and you know, as well as like John Smithers and P Sam's and. You know, Luke Worthington, who's Manabase on Twitter, and, like, all of those Toronto guys, and Nina, and, you know, like, everybody that was out there, like, those were, like, they're just great people, and I had a great time, and, you know, I wouldn't have, like, only you guys, like, only the fans to thank for that. There's no way that I could possibly have done that without you guys, right? So, that's the big thing. Like, that's just the amazing part. It's It's always good to hear, like, Sometimes you just hear the community coming together, and that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I hope yeah. they can come together again and get me to Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good segue, actually. Uh, yeah. Why don't, why don't you tell everybody while I'm here supporting it? Why don't you tell everybody <laughs> what we're trying to do? Because, well, like, I just moved to Canada, so I can't. Like, there's no event that's out of the country that I can attend to, so I definitely can't go to, like, Worlds or anything. And I'm unemployed because, well, I am not a legal citizen yet. Like, I'm not even... Like, you're waiting for your work visa or whatever. Yeah. So, I can't work to earn the money for for Montreal, but Amanda's going, and, like, there's a lot of people... It's a GP, so it's just, like, a lot of people that we could, like, interview for the website and everything, and, like, it's just... I haven't I haven't been to a GP since Tampa, which is like almost two years ago now. And if like I kind of got my wife to agree that if if people were to able to pay, <laughs> like like cover most of the costs, like I I could probably negotiate getting there. <laughs> so just if people can can find it in their their wallets, I suppose. I mean, if they pull out a Jace or a hundred and one of the two, they're the same thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. But, it, but uh, one of the things, like Lewis is saying, one of the things that we're also going to do uh, is we're going to donate uh, money to, uh, what is it, the Canadian Diabetes Association? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in light of Connolly, was it Connolly? Who else is doing Connolly? Robert Martin. Who else is doing that weight loss? Yeah, well, I thought there was. I thought there was like tons. Yeah, yeah it was like, I think it's on it now. 
but because they're also going to donate to a diabetes charity, we thought that we might as well uh, do something similar, especially because, Jay, you guys donated money to uh, the Red Cross for the tsunami. For Japan, yeah. yeah. we um, Because, again, like because I didn't think that I'd even come close, when we went over, uh, I had a choice of, you know, I could either refund the money, uh, I could keep the money, um, and, you know, I mean, like, that was one option. I could have kept it and kind of gone back and done something else for an XGP, or I could have put it towards maybe like a magic collection for a high, like for a junior high or a library or something, or I could, you know, I could do something really great. And I mean, unfortunately it was perfect timing that when I went, there was this tsunami for Japan. Um, so we, we figured, you know, just the best way to, to help pay it forward and to keep repaying and, and keep the karma on the good side was to, you know, donate it to people that really need it. You know, I didn't need to go to GP Toronto. Yeah. You know, um, I wanted to, and I was lucky enough to be able to, and I'd really love it if the, you know, if I could help out in any way I could for the people of Japan, right? Yeah. All right, so, so that's that. That's our spiel. We're trying to send Lewis, and if we have any uh, extra money, we will definitely, definitely uh, give it to the Canadian uh, Diabetes Association. Which is a good cause. Yeah, because like like Conley was saying, you know, when people think of Magic players, they don't think of us as the uh, the skinniest bunch. No. <laughs> and uh, diabetes is something like my my dad has diabetes, and I know a couple of Magic players that have it. So it's some, and I mean, it's uh, like it's there's no cure for it right now. No, you just have it. You just have it. So I mean, you know, it's something that definitely, as a fat guy. I don't want to get and or have and develop and however that works. I fucking hate needles and shit. And <laughs> I definitely want there to be a diabetes foundation to hopefully spread awareness and maybe find a cure or do whatever they do. So I think it's just a great cause. And like I said, I commend you guys. And hopefully we can get Lewis to uh, to GP Montreal. I think that would be really cool. And again, like it's just another chance for the magic community to prove that we're the best nerdy community of the nerdy communities, you know. Every time yeah. I hear the best, it's like, we're the best around. We're the best. <laughs> Every time. Um, so is there anything, uh, Bruce, that you want to talk about? Is there anything, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, not a whole lot. I just, you know, I always want to give a shout out to my bros on the A team. And I hope that, uh, everybody that listens to, Red, what is it? What is this called? Red Cast Wins. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So I hope everybody that listens to Red Cast Wins also listens to the A team. Um, I hope that uh, you know. I hope that we can continue as a community to um, just kind of continue to better ourselves and 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 do positive changes. And I really want to uh, thank everybody in the community that's doing positive changes instead of negative changes uh, for that. And definitely want to give a shout out to you guys because. Like I said, you guys are really, really just great people, and uh, from some of the stuff that you guys have done for me personally, and, you know, I mean, Lewis definitely, you know, donated more than his fair share to get me to Toronto, and you've helped me out with some cards and stuff, Amanda, so definitely want to just thank you guys for just being supportive, and, you know, always always finish off with a good, solid wife plug. Oh, yeah, that's, always, that's always very, very important. <laughs> Which leads me into wife plug because my wife has been very understanding and she's 
she married a deadbeat because there was no way I was going to be able to work on her and move up here, and so she decided to take me on. Uh, thanks, thanks, Jay, for coming on because you're the freaking man. My pleasure. Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> and uh, you know, it, a big shout out to the community because they really are awesome, and they did get huge Toronto. So, all right. Um, shout outs on my on my part. Uh, I've got to thank Jay Boosh because. Uh, we were we had our technical difficulties and lost an entire cast yesterday, so we were like, "Oh, we should record tonight." And I was like, "We're down a man." You know, what? I'm gonna ask Jay Boosh what he's doing. The <laughs> Boosh is like, "Yeah, I've got some free time. I'll, I'll, I'll hop on your on your subpar cast." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing better to do. So, so uh, uh, I get some charity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's, that, that, that's the new J-Boost. J-Boost, the new J-Boost is all about charities. Absolutely. You can call me... I had a joke lined up there, but I forgot who that was, so... <laughs> Let's just move on. Um, also, you can I call wanna... me Oprah. <laughs> the, the <whales>? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ch- hey, I'm checking under my seat. There's no car keys. Hey, well, just, just keep hoping and praying. <laughs> Uh, I also want to thank uh, Robert Martin for uh, trying to help us salvage the podcast and also uh, interviewing me for the Metamagic. And uh, I've got to give a shout out to my girlfriend this time around because I forgot the last time. And she might kill me. <laughs> hey, but no. it never happened. So you're, you're well, good. But she, but she heard about it, unfortunately. Why? Why would you like get yourself in trouble when you didn't need to? <laughs> No, it's kind of your fault. When I downloaded the uh, the podcast to try and save it, it started playing in my iTunes. And the one time, like, we didn't know because they're, my speaking part and Sean and Rob's were all pretty much muted. So when uh, we came into my room to, like, get our cards so that we could play some Magic... Uh, she heard, she, she was listening, she was like, oh, the cast is almost over, and I'm like, crap, 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 where is it at? And she's like, let me listen to it, and I was like, sure. <laughs> and, she <heard> every- <laughs> and she heard everyone give shout-outs, and then she's like, so, you gave a shout-out about how Skype's awful, and, you know, you gave a shout-out to these people you've never met in real life, like, you know, I'm like, wait, no, I've met KYT now, so I can give them a shout-out. And she's like, but you didn't give me a shout out. And I was like, uh, 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 was no girlfriend week? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, well, that's odd because I heard Lewis give his wife a shout out and Sean gave his fiance a shout out. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm busted. So, so I want to remember that. And, uh, I'm going to give all the listeners a shout out, especially if you guys can help Lewis get to Montreal. So with that, uh, I think uh, all that's left to say is keep it casual.